It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 14th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's two big wins over the weekend. Followed a little bit of a similar pattern, but two big wins nonetheless. And the wild swings this season has taken. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering your Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA, a growing number of MLB teams, every NFL team to get you set for the next round of the NFL playoffs, and a number of college teams too. Want to get set for Wednesday's game against the Detroit Pistons? A very big one in the standings, it turns out. Check out Locked On Pistons. You want to get the national perspective? You check out Locked On NBA for fantasy basketball. Fan- Locked On Fantasy Basketball. There's a Locked On podcast for you and whatever you're interested that day. A daily podcast straight to your ears every single day. That's the beauty of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find it on iTunes or on Google Play by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. And be sure you can also play it directly off your smart device. Just tell your smart device to play podcast. Locked On, and the team you are looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. When we last left off Locked On Magic, there were a lot of questions. The Magic had just come home from a 1-5 West Coast road trip that left everyone very uneasy. The midpoint of the season had come. Orlando has shown some improvement, but... It appeared they were fading out of the Eastern Conference playoff race as much as the Eastern Conference playoff race wants to just pull you in and keep you involved. It did feel very much like the season was at a major turning point where the team would either find a way and push forward or recede back. Orlando, statistically even, was kind of in a league of its own. Not bad enough to be among the worst teams in the East and angling for a lottery position, but not quite good enough to compete for that low-hanging fruit that is the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. And with two games coming up over the weekend, even at home, against the Boston Celtics and the Houston Rockets, it felt like the time was near that this Magic team would make that decision and we begin to focusing on selling off some players at the trade deadline, focusing again on the future, and paying closer attention to the college game. As Lee Corso would say, though, not so fast, my friends. The Orlando Magic took care of business on their home floor in what, even when the schedule came out, was one of the toughest two-game stretches you could possibly imagine. 
the Eastern Conference favorite, Boston Celtics, and the very good Western Conference team, the Houston Rockets. Two teams with superstars who seemingly would be able to take over a game against the Magic if needed, and that Orlando would have to play near perfect just to have a sniff, especially coming off a West Coast road trip. Viewed within the context of the season so far with a Magic team that was looking listless and struggling and giving up leads left and right, this strat, this, this two-game homestand, back-to-back home games, could not have come at a worse time. Not only would these games be challenging that even if the Magic played well, they could very well lose and maybe even lose big, but the Magic were not playing well at all. Any hint of them playing as they're playing now seemed pretty impossible. But yet, here we are. The Orlando Magic defeating the Boston Celtics 105-103, to playing some pretty good defense for the most part, despite trailing that game for most of the way through. And then, yes, the same team that blew leads in the second half, in the first half, whenever half, on the road, made a big run in the fourth quarter to win the game. And despite giving up a seven-point lead with about two minutes to play, getting Boston getting it down to two, made the stop. Wesson one do challenging a Jason Tatum shot and leaving Kyrie Irving to complain to Gordon Hayward that he didn't get the ball at the end of the game. Boston would say, and they're probably right, they didn't play hard enough or, or play with the right precision they needed. And I think Orlando could probably see the same about their play in Thursday's game. That they didn't do all that they needed to do to win. But, or win comfortably at least. But in the fourth quarter, Orlando picked up its pace, picked up its confidence, made shots, and won. Despite not their best effort, to be frank. But there's so little time to celebrate that win and and feel good about it about breaking a four-game losing streak and and finding that groove again because momentum is truly the next day's pitcher and James Harden was on the way. Yet, the game played out the exact same way. James Harden got himself going early. He was able to get get into the paint a little bit, drew the magic defense in, dished it out to the perimeter, racked up assists very, very quickly. He was, I think, one rebound shy of a triple-double at halftime. Never got that rebound. But he was in the groove. The Magic were doing a good job keeping him off the scoreboard for the most part. But he was moving the ball effectively. And Orlando needed to tweak their game plan a little bit. Unsurprisingly, Houston led by 10, 15 po- led by 10 points for most of the quarter, around 10 points for most of the half. And a lot of that was thanks to the Rockets' other players, like Austin Rivers, like Daniel House, Clint Capella, Gerald Green, working hard on the offensive glass to get extra possessions and make the Magic pay. Orlando did not play a good first half. They were struggling to get shots consistently. Their defense looked lost, and it was really just a matter of if James Harden starts making shots, they're in trouble. But that's not what happened. James Harden, of course, going 1-for-17 from beyond the arc. Orlando stayed fairly disciplined, I thought. There were definitely a few instances where they reached and Harden made them pay. He got to the foul line. But in the second half, Orlando locked down the other players around him. They turned it into an isolation game. I wrote this in my grades. 
Watching the Rockets felt like watching the the Tracy McGrady era magic. Where at a certain point, it stopped being about ball movement. McGrady couldn't get others involved and he just tried to do it by himself. And when the shots aren't falling, even though Harden scored 38, the shots were not falling for him. And Orlando choked out every other outlet for him. And when he missed shots, when he made a not a selfish play, but but a settled play, Orlando took advantage. And eventually, just like that game against Boston on Saturday, Orlando broke through. A 16-2 run in the fourth quarter eliminated a 10-point deficit midway through the quarter. Gave Orlando a two-point lead with about two minutes to play. And from there, Orlando was feeling the confidence, whether it was Terrence Ross driving and drawing a foul or making a three or Aaron Gordon taking it to the basket or Aaron Gordon driving, kicking it out, and the ball working its way to the open shooter, even if it took D.J. Augustin pump faking to get a better shot. That three with about a minute and a half left gave the Magic a five-point lead. And with Harden trying to do it all by himself, with Harden trying to will his team back into the game, the Magic had enough to pull away and put it to bed. The Orlando Magic defeated the Houston Rockets 116-109 to to complete a surprising weekend sweep of the Boston Celtics and Houston Rockets. Orlando, all of a sudden, 19-24, and still under 500, but a half game out of the final playoff, rate, playoff spot. This is a team, this is a conference that will not let them go away. And at least for a weekend, the Magic found their fight again. What that all means, we'll leave to decipher in just a little bit. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But let's run through the final box score uh, from Sunday's game, at least, and, and, and make some notes and comments about where the Magic are at. Uh, I want to start with Aaron Gordon. 22 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 2 for 3 from beyond the arc, 4 for 4 from the foul line in Sunday's game. He was 13 for 13 from the foul line in Saturday's game. 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 turnovers. He had 6 in Saturday's game. Um, we'll, we'll comment and talk about this a little bit more, but I'm really fat. And I think I've mentioned this on the pod uh, already numerous times. I am really fascinated with Aaron Gordon's development as a player. I've I've been really fascinated with how he's played this season. Zach Lowe, uh, on his 10 Things I Like and Don't Like list, brought up some interesting points about Aaron Gordon and and focused mainly on his offensive game. That Gordon is still finding the most effective ways for him to be a scorer. The Magic don't really know what to do with them. I mean... Gordon was always, even when he was drafted, kind of the ultimate tweener. You don't really know what to do with him. And his three-point shooting starting to rise up a little bit and be more efficient, be more effective, but he's still not a guy that I think most teams respect from the outside. It's not consistent yet. 
And I would agree with all this. I actually read what, what Zach Lowe wrote, and I was like, you know, he's kind of right. It's still really hard to figure out how to how to play Aaron Gordon. And, and it's not clear if Jonathan Isaac's the right guy to pair with him. Uh, and, and as I tell people anyway, um, it, it doesn't, like, people say, oh, they got to play. I mean, whenever I hear someone say Gordon's got to play the four, I was like, that doesn't matter. Offensively, the three and the four are virtually the same. It's a matter of who the other team decides to defend him with. They defend him with threes, then he's a three. If they defend him with fours, he's a four. And, and I think he's more, again, I think he's more effective against fours, and, and he's still got to evolve his offensive game in a lot of ways. And so a lot of people are disappointed with Gordon because his scoring is down. And I would agree with, with some of those criticisms in that I don't think he's always as aggressive as he should be. I think he he swung way to, to the other side of the pendulum last year where he was trying to do too much and break guys down off the dribble, and that wasn't his game. And this year, I think he swung the other way and is trying and pressing real hard to get others involved and not be so assertive and aggressive. And so I've sat here and said, you know, I want to see Gordon be a little more assertive. I want to see him look for his own a little bit more because the Magic need that. They need him to do that. And really over the last, really like for the last five games, to varying degrees of effectiveness, is I think it's 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 still not there, Gordon has tried to do that. In a game on Saturday where the Magic were really struggling to get much of anything going offensively, Gordon was the one guy trying to get to the basket. His assists were pretty high. He got to the foul line. His scoring was up. I think he had 28 points on Saturday. And he did that again in Sunday's game. 22 points, 8 for 15 shooting. He was really working hard to get to the basket. And if he wasn't getting to the basket or if he was missing at the rim, he was drawing enough guys to get offensive rebounds and get convenient misses for himself or for others. That's a skill too. And of course, the assist numbers continue to pile up and just so many aspects of his game have gotten better. Um, You know, it, it is trade season. There are some people thinking, you know, maybe the Magic dangle Aaron Gordon out there to see if they can get something really good. And, you know, I don't know if Aaron Gordon's ever going to be an all-star. I, 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 don't, I don't know if he's ever going to be that kind of a player. I don't think he's the first option on a, good, on, on a championship level team for sure. Um, maybe not even a second option on a championship level team. Although I think he can play that kind of role. I do think, though, that we'd be silly to, quote-unquote, give up on Aaron Gordon for, say, like a Harrison Barnes or a player of that caliber. Because Gordon has gotten a lot better this year. Just from the playmaking, the rebounding, the decision-making. Um, this decision-making on offense is fantastic. His shooting's gotten better. His defense has returned to, to a strong level. Um, and, and really, I think Sunday's game was just an example of all that. I don't mean to harp so much on Aaron Gordon because so much of it is just stuff you can't find in the box. Or I just have to say, watch him play a little bit. You know, yeah, offensively, maybe he's a little too passive for the talent that he has, but every other aspect of his game seems to have really come into form and really be, really become uh, a strength that, that this Magic team desperately needs. So, uh, again, I think a really strong effort for, for Aaron Gordon, and this one thought he played a really fantastic game. Uh, same goes for Evan Fournier. Fournier finishes with 19 points, 6 for 11 shooting, 6 for 6 from the foul line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists for him. Used all five, used 5 of his 6 fouls, which of course playing James Harden is going to happen. Offensively, anything he could have given you offensively tonight was a bonus because surprisingly, I thought I thought the Magic would stick Aaron Gordon on him. 
the Magic decided to put Evan Fournier as the primary defender on James Harden. And while Harden was able to get into the paint, and I think Fournier struggled a little bit getting around screens, Fournier, I thought, did a very good job contesting and competing against Harden throughout the night. Look, Harden's final stat line is really impressive on a raw basis. 38 points, 9 rebounds, 12 assists. Four steals was really good and really good uh, uh, stealing the ball and, and especially against Aaron Gordon. But again, the plus minus was zero. He shot eleven for thirty two from the floor, thirty four point four percent, and just one for seventeen from beyond the arc. He was one for seventeen from beyond the arc. One for seventeen. Got to the line for sixteen free throws. So yes. Harden still was James Harden. He still did a lot of James Harden things. And certainly some of those 16 misses you can attribute to luck. Sometimes the shots don't go in. But Evan Fournier and Wes Wandu and Aaron Gordon and everyone the Magic put on James Harden, I thought, did a really good job, especially in the second half. In the second half alone, second half alone, Harden scored 22 points. Still had a good half, but five for sixteen from the floor, zero for eight from the from the beyond the arc, and twelve of thirteen from the line. Again, it's James Harden. You're not going to slow him down. He's on a Kobe-like tear. He's going to score a lot of points. It's about making them inefficient. It's about turning him into a pure isolation player and eliminating all of his assists. James Harden had had twelve assists in the game. Twelve assists. In the second half, he had just three. So really think about that. He was not able to move the ball with the same effectiveness, and I think Evan Fournier deserves a lot of credit for that. Because without that, the Magic would have been toast. Because if, I mean, if Harden would have gotten a hot from three, the game would have been over. The Magic were, were kind of just not into it until the, third, until the middle of third quarter, late third quarter, early fourth quarter. At least not at the intensity they needed to be. And, and, and Fournier, I thought, did a good job with that. Same kind of goes for Nikola Vucevic. Vuce finishes with 22 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. A good all-around game for him, 9 for 16 from the, from the field. He got himself going offensively, especially in that second half. And that was obviously a huge boost to the Magic. Because they need his offensive output. And, and, and he found his touch in the second half and started really playing well and establishing deep position and taking advantage of the mismatches as the Rockets just switched everything. They, kinda, they didn't concede on defense, but they, they, were, they were willing to switch everything. And, and daring the Magic to beat him one-on-ones, almost. Magic did. I would, though, say that the first half was probably some of the worst defense we've seen from Nikola Vucevic all year long. Vucevic has been reliable defensively this year. That's not his reputation around the league, but he's been very reliable defensively. He's used his hands really well. He's set angles really well. He's, he's been aggressive to, to meet ball handlers. And in this game, he was backtracking on Harden. There were several possessions where Harden just turned the corner Vooch was kind of sitting there waiting for him to catch, and he was just too deep, giving Harden too much space. He got to close that space down, make him turn, make him make him hesitate a little bit. That's really what the role, role man's job is there. And Vooch just wasn't there, and his hands were down by his side. It was, it was not good defense. Again, if Harden were making his threes, this game could have been over very, very quickly. But I thought Vooch did a good job recovering in the second half and played much better. It was a key part of the Magic's 16-2 run and helped Orlando get this win. So, good recovery from Vooch there. 
Terrence Ross as well, two strong games. On Sunday, he had 17 points, 6 for 14, shooting 2 for 7 from beyond the arc. Key part of the 16-2 run for the Magic in the fourth quarter um, as the Orlando Magic get the win. Orlando ends up shooting 48.2% from the floor, 9 for 24 from beyond the arc, 25 for 28 from the foul line. They actually end up shooting more free throws than the Rockets. Usually James Harden just shoots more free throws than the Magic total. So the Magic are starting to get to the line a little bit more. 25 for 28 from the foul line. They do give they uh, do have 11 turnovers, which continues to be a little bit of a problem, but Orlando buckled down when they had to, made a big run in the fourth quarter, uh, held Houston to 44.2% shooting, 10 for 42 from beyond the arc. Remember, James Harden shooting 1 for 17, so the rest of the team 9 for 25. That's 36%. Not bad. Give up 9 offensive rebounds. Those turned into 10-second uh, chance points for the Rockets. Big problem in the first half, but they, they settled down in the second half uh, as well. Um, they score 50, uh, Magic score 54 points in the paint as, as well. And Orlando pulls away for a 116-109 win over the Houston Rockets. They're next in action against the Detroit Pistons on Wednesday. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So when the schedule came out and and, and when we got through this season, I kind of told everyone, we will know a lot about this team on January 14th. When they come home from that West Coast trip, when they play these two big games, it was the goalposts had moved of, of the checkpoints and the benchmarks of when we, we begin to really evaluate which direction the season's going. And this was one of those times. This was one of those moments where you sat there and had the opportunity to say, you know, we will have a better understanding of where our group is. And I think the next two weeks... Is big, obviously, for the Magic deciding what to do in the trade market, um, whether they're going to try and add some pieces to make a playoff push or begin to sell off some of the players that they may not be looking to retain this summer. I think the next two weeks is going to be vital for that, but it's also going to be vital for the playoff race. The Magic will play the Brooklyn Nets twice in the coming week. Uh, they'll play the Washington Wizards. They'll play the Detroit Pistons on Wednesday. They got the Bucks. Um, they got their first matchup with the Hawks. Every game at this point is big. And now that we've hit this point of the season, we understand really two things about this group, about this team. We don't understand which direction they're headed. We don't understand the, the ultimate strategy, especially when, with February 7th on the horizon. But we do understand this. We understand that for the first time, it really in three years, but the first time in six years, there is pressure, real pressure, to win games. I just said it out loud here. The Magic play the Pistons and a veritable six-pointer to use soccer parlance. Pistons and Magic tied for the ninth seed in the East right now, half game behind eighth, Charlotte. After that, They'll play Brooklyn for the first time. They'll play them again next week as well. 
They'll play Milwaukee, potential playoff preview. And then they'll play Brooklyn again and a home-and-home back-to-back next week as well. Washington, Brooklyn, home-and-home back-to-back. These are meaningful games. I'm sorry, it's Brooklyn, Milwaukee, back-to-back Friday and Saturday. Uh, Then they go to Atlanta Monday for Martin Luther King Day. And then they'll play uh, at Brooklyn before uh, heading home to play Washington and then at at Houston. So that's that's your schedule for the next two weeks. These are meaningful games the Magic are playing. We're not just going through the motions. We're not just pretending these games have meaning. These games have meaning. Orlando is chasing something. There is a goal to be attained. Not some moral victory goal, a real goal. The playoffs. And people kind of laughed at me for continuing to bring up the playoffs as the Magic were struggling on that road trip. But I said it, it, the goal is still attainable. And we should continue to talk about and continue to believe believe in it or continue to hold this team to that standard until that dream is beyond reach. Two and a half games is nothing, clearly. Because in one weekend, the Magic caught up. It's the beauty of the Eastern Conference, but yeah. The Magic caught up in just one weekend. Things can change that quickly. And so yes, that will increase the pressure on the team, and that's going to be a big thing to learn about this group, whether they can handle that kind of pressure. But we knew this team had this in them. It was the fight. It was the the grittiness, the determination, the never-say-die attitude that characterized that hot run through November that the Magic had that put them in this position. Yeah, Orlando went through a lull, went through some difficult struggles, and there would be difficult struggles ahead. The beauty That's the curse of being a 500 team. So you really never know what you're going to get with that group. And that still remains true. You don't know when that shoe's going to fall, when the Magic are going to go through their struggles as much as you don't know when they're going to come out focused and determined and take care of business like they did this weekend. And that's the other thing we know is that this is still a group coming together full of inconsistencies, full of struggles, full of full of a lot of things, full of uncertainty, both for the future of the franchise as much as for what's going to be on the court. Still a team growing and learning how to win. It's not easy, obviously. If it were easy, the Magic would have done it. And so, really, the fight continues. Really, it's more than ever important to say that this team cannot get too high or too low. That they can't They have to take the losing streaks as easily as they take the winning streaks. And continue to fight and play and pay attention to detail and stick to the game plan and do all the things that they know they have to do to be successful and not splinter or or depart from it. A practice at home helped them get their groove back. Maybe a strong opponent got them to focus up a little bit more. Now it's about carrying it through and that's always been the issue. It's consistency. 
Can you do the same thing every day? Can you play the same way when you're not making shots? Orlando, by all accounts, should have lost both these games this weekend. They were down by 10 points in both. It didn't look like they had any chance. Yet they hung around. They found a way to stay within distance. And then they made a killer closing kick. They frustrated their opponents enough that they were the ones to make the final move and get the big victories. That says something. We talked about it after the Mexico City games, being able to win with grit, being able to win ugly. Really, every win is ugly. Every win has struggle that you overcome and get past. And this team is still, I I think, struggling to understand that and accomplish that every single night. But if anything, this weekend and, and the season to this point has proven that while those demons still exist that we've talked about from the past years, there is a little something different about this team. They are in the fight. They know they're in the fight. They want to be in that fight. They want to go through that struggle. And they want to come out of the other end better. They want to come out with the, of the other end with something to save about it or for it. And obviously, they still have their work cut out for them. There is a lot of season left, a long way to go. There will be more losing streaks. There will be more good wins. How the Magic manage those those emotions, how the Magic manage themselves, how the Magic keep with it will determine whether their goals are ultimately successful. The bottom line is they're still chasing it. They're still chasing the dream. It's in front of them, but someone else has it. And they've got to go out and take it. The next two weeks, it's going to help them do that. It's going to help determine whether they can do that. We can check in on them you know, in a couple weeks to say, where are we at now? But the Magic came through this stretch with a few bruises, with a few nicks. Apparently, they came out a little bit better for it because they scored some wins that they probably shouldn't have gotten, that they weren't expected to get for sure. And they scored a few wins that will go a long way toward them accomplishing the ultimate goal they want to achieve. I want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.